Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. Right. Hello and welcome back to Bry Radio. It's me, Zan Bird here, joined by Mia. And I've got to say, I am really, really really excited right now because we do have a very special guest in the studio with us today and you know what? i always feel bad for talking this much already can you please introduce yourself all oh, right then thank you thank you for the introduction my name is justin urquhart stewart and uh, i'm uh, not just an old boy i suspect these days probably a very old boy um but it's lovely to be back at branson again um, wow what a change and fantastic yes. radio yes so the fact i can actually barely listen to a radio here it was actually beforehand let it actually be able to broadcast it <laughs> Yeah, so um, how, was, how have you found, just, just coming back so, so far? I can't imagine you've been here for terribly long yeah. just yet, um, but how have you found coming back so far? I, it is funny, because uh, I came back a few years ago, and that was quite, quite um, uh, revealing. I hadn't, I hadn't been to the school for, for a long time, but just coming through the, the gates today... Um, and suddenly all those sort of strange memories, some of which you admit to and some you don't, um, uh, suddenly come back. As uh, uh, I told my wife about the time I got nearly thrown off the art class for standing <laughs> in front of the gate, uh, no. the front gates, drawing it. And we were all sitting there, sort of I mean, the old-fashioned way, you put your thumb out to get the yeah. right, uh, like, uh, distance and things like that. And after about an hour or so of drawing, everyone handed in their papers of what they'd drawn. And I'd drawn a gate with a large thumb in it. Oh, no. <laughs> absolutely furious. <laughs> anyway, but it's lovely. the development of all the buildings is quite amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely sped up over the past few years. Yeah. Mm. Um, of course, the music school, I yeah. think this was finished in 2016. Really? Yeah, yeah and then, of course, we've had the new development of the Bry Radio yeah. um, just, just late last year. Um, coming up to our one-year anniversary, um, which, we're, which we're planning some very special things for, but um, I won't divulge on that information just yet. But well done for doing that, because it is... Uh, radio is... A few years ago, people sort of ignored radio, but actually how radio and journalism and TV is all linking together now, yeah. and it's really important, I think, that people get exposure to that, understand how it works, and you can cross various levels, from writing to speaking to being seen, um, and that's such good training, and we're astounded at the level of inability of people to, to communicate properly. Uh, learning how to do it on, on a radio is really good, fantastic in terms of business, but also getting your brain to work properly, succinctly, clearly, um, so that when you're giving a presentation or talking to people, you're not wasting their time. You're talking very clearly about particular points because you have to on radio because otherwise people get bored, which they do anywhere I'm talking. <laughs> no, I, 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 I certainly don't that. imagine that for a minute. So, of course, you've, you've already talked a bit about kind of like how it's um, how it's changed since you've last been here. Um, do, do you reckon you'll 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 be surprised by anything more as you go around today? Um, well, I hope I would because the Branson ethic was fascinating because it was a uh, you know, school designed to uh, those people who want to get on and change and develop themselves almost at their own pace, albeit knowing that there is someone behind you pushing as well, as opposed to a lot of schools where you're regimented in what you do, how you do it, what sports you do. Um, and so for those people who can develop like that, it is brilliant. And it was certainly fantastic for me. So that in effect, you almost like going to university. By the time you left here, you were in this running in the same way. Yeah. Whereas you saw people who were going to other more regimented schools almost had, hadn't really changed. They'd obviously got older, um, but didn't have the sort of independence of mind that actually you're not just uh, regurgitating stuff you've learnt, but having views and opinions and how to put them across. Yeah. And so I hope, I'm sure I will be seeing more of that still here, those ethics yeah. and those standards. I'm, I'm, I'm very sure that that's still That's very much here. still here. You know, yeah. I think 
bit of, that's a quite a big factor of Bryanston is that they it's very much still thinking outside of the box, mm. whereas other schools still very much think inside the box. And you know, when he talks about like sports being very regimed, you know, the, the like sport obviously you can do loads of sports here and it's, yeah. And so yeah. I don't think it, it hasn't changed too much. In well, that and sense. it was an interesting exercise in that because because you chose your own sport, you tend to be there, therefore much better at it. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. So I mean, I was used to do uh, athletics, which was extremely helpful because I had a number of um, uh, afternoon runs I'd get. Uh, was actually part of my training session anyway. Um, but uh, it just meant that actually we had a very small group of people who were really good at doing athletics, and we would knock everybody else out off the base, even though our team was much smaller than the others. Yeah, I still think that's definitely seen nowadays with the recent success mm-hmm. we've had in recent years with, with our hockey, with rugby, yeah. certainly with rowing. With rowing, rowing we've right, we've okay. been heading to Henley and yeah, stuff like that's that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And of course, they're still found so, so often in other parts of school life, of course, Bry Radio being one of those things. You know, we're getting people who are interested in public speaking, interesting in presenting their own shows, writing their own shows. We offer so much here. And um, I that's a really good idea. I mean, because <laughs> it just it suddenly means it's something which is accessible to people. And yes, you can do it. And it is very funny when you go to the BBC and places like that and you see them interviewing, particularly I see it in business people. They haven't got a clue what to do, how to get their messages across. Or you get some people with inflated egos. They think they should be there for, for hours on end. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's just that, that sort of discipline of how to put a point across simply and straightforwardly, yeah. but also make it engaging and interesting. Yes. Uh, and finance, for example, is like the most riveting of things, unless you have to be a pointy head economist like me. But actually, if you can make it engaging for people, then yeah. fine enough becomes much more, much more, uh, much more understandable, and particularly moments yeah. like this when financially our country is not in a good shape. Yeah, no, um, no, not at all. Need, yes, and you need politicians. <laughs> good heavens, do we need politicians? Well, uh, need people to run. <laughs> yes, we That's need some ones who are going to give you that confidence that yeah. you're all going to be exactly. here. Next yeah, um, I, I've got to say. Um, uh, I've, I've just forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> How great is this? No, I, I remember it. Um, it was definitely a steep learning curve when, when I first came on this radio. You know, I kind of just got signed up in about the third week of it existing. And, you know, they were just like, yep, you're on a show now. And it was kind of like, uh, I really don't know yeah. what to do. Um, and i got to say, it's just amazing because it's really helped me develop skills and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, that maybe if one day I do go onto the BBC or something like that, um, I don't appear as to be one of those people um, who know absolutely nothing about what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, these days, you think it's, it is um, my last business. Well, I'm training up the, uh, the boys and girls who worked in my business. Uh, we'd actually make sure they were giving them proper sort of, not media training, but the ability to go out and talk and be able to go on the radio and things. Because it's not only good for just their confidence, but it's good for them in learning how to talk, how to speak and things like that. But it's also the cheapest form of advertising you can get yes um, so if I'm doing a uh, BBC Radio 5 or Today program or something like that um, and people aren't really listening to what you're doing um, but every so often they'll vaguely say oh I've heard of that person you know and if it's connected to uh, the name and, and the company whatever yeah. it is um, you know, it doesn't matter if you know what you're talking about or not the fact you've actually got your name out there is great branding and it gives you quite a decent yes. on the beep you must know what yeah. you're talking about so yeah. it adds all sorts of value to what you're doing so it's not yeah. just a ne- nice little extra to have it's an essential part of growing a body business or actually growing your career yeah so of course you are quite famous for being that kind of pointy <laughs> pointy arrow in the in the kind of economist financial world um, how did you get into that kind of industry 
That's a very good question. <laughs> uh, almost by mistake. No, I, I, it was actually a series of events that occur. You know how sometimes you, can, you make your own weather. And I think it was a great thing, again, coming back to Branson, your level of attitude that actually you can do things. Let's mm. work on something you can do, even though you're not quite sure how it's going to work out yet. Um, so I went to initially, uh, which was actually, I thought I was going to be in the wine trade. I realised actually very quickly that wine is much better actually as a hobby rather than a career. Because your nose will get longer and redder um, and uh, not get very far. Um, so I then went off to go and, uh, to be a, a barrister, and, uh, which is quite fun. And I'm yeah. sure some of the clients I operated for will be coming out of prison soon, I suspect. Um, no, no. The, I was the world's worst barrister, absolutely useless. And even my pupil master, who's the, the person who actually trained you in how to be a barrister, said, so Justin, I don't know why you're, do, why you're doing this. There's more money in crime than defending it. Um, which is quite true, because you see now with the junior barristers going on strike, you know, and they're paid £28,000. You live in London, you can't. Yeah. Um, exactly. And it's really dreadful. Uh, so anyway, from that, uh, I decided to go into something which is much better in terms of crime, which is finance. Well, that's proper crime. Yeah. Um, and uh, so did uh, international finance um, out in, in Africa and Singapore. Um, and that was just very good training um, in, in, uh, in finance. And very quickly, then that developed as my interest in investments and things. So we had something called Big Bang back in 1986, where the City of London reformed itself, not completely, but um, to a great extent, but it gave an opportunity for new businesses to come in. And uh, so it was actually quite, but in terms of actually doing broadcasting and things, uh, I had this business which was called Broker Services, which you'd never have heard of at all. It was a, one of the biggest stockbrokers in the country, but we badged different names. Yeah. Um, and uh, Barclays Bank was one of the shareholders in it. And Barclays at that stage was shutting down one of their big, big offices in the, in the city. Um, so I told my uh, chap who worked with me, Peter, who's uh, our messenger, old-fashioned days when he had messengers. Yeah. Um, I said, look, get, here's a pass to get into that building, the letter, get, get you in. They've got a camera on their trading floor. I know they're shutting it all down. See if you can get it. Um, and, <laughs> wow. uh, and just say, look, we're part of Barclays, and, uh, but you're getting rid of it. We'll help you get rid of it. So, and I said, if anyone challenges you, just forget it. Just get out of there. And about half an hour later, Peter then rang up. He said, oh, Justin, I've got a problem. I said, what's wrong, Peter? He said, the camera. Well, what is it? He said, it's tied to the wall. <laughs> what? It's bolted to the wall. I said, well, leave it. I thought it was freestanding. Don't worry about it. He said, no, no, that's not going to be a problem. No, Peter, Peter. And the line went dead. <gasps> An hour later, Peter turns up with a trolley with a wall on it. And attached to the wall was no! a camera. So, <laughs> you've taken this wall down. I said, Peter, it's a converted multi-storey car park. It's God knows what you've just destroyed. Anyway, so we took, we got the camera working, got BT to try and get it working, which meant that took about three or four months to get that started. Um, and it was about the time when companies like Bloomberg and CNBC were just getting going. And so quite literally phoned them up and said, do you want a market report? A stock market report? And they said, oh, that's a good idea. We've got a camera here, got some branding, and off we went. Um, and literally, it was just, just like that, because we hadn't got any other marketing budget to speak of. And so getting that profile out, and from there, it just grew in terms of different people saying, oh, we need a market report too. Yeah. So train up any of the other boys and girls to do it. Um, and before you knew what happened, you'd, had a, you'd built a brand. Wow. Um, and a lot of that brand was certainly not down to my, my investment capability. That's um, <laughs> great thing about business is you don't run it yourself. You make first thing is you recruit people who are much brighter than you, which in my case yeah. is not difficult. Um, <laughs> and uh, you then surround yourself by those people who actually do all the right things. Um, and uh, then you, you just help build that brand. And that mm. brand, and you know, it's people create the confidence. And if you're doing the right thing, over time, 
people trust you. Um, yeah. And that, of course, is we see with the scandals in the city, even today. Mm. Um, there are yeah. still thieves out there um, and various companies that frankly shouldn't exist. But to do the right thing, yeah. doing the right yeah. thing. You, know, you don't have to be the best, just be consistent in what you're doing. And funny enough, people will trust you and they'll stay with you a, a, a long time. And so far, touch wood, that's worked very well indeed. And we started yeah. the business with looking after assets of, well, nil. Um, and after was about 18 years, we got to 15 billion. Um, now, I've stepped down from that business now, and yeah. I just heard the other day it's gone over 20 billion of assets, which is pretty impressive. Bad that yeah. is very <laughs> impressive. And it was, you know, that meant, meant we had 20 billion or anything like that, but it was just, you know, again, doing the right thing for people. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was proud of that. Yeah. Um, again, having that same attitude, and, and that, and I don't wish to sound corny, that, a lot of that's reflected in where you come from and in your education. Because, mm. you know, um, no, one wasn't always a, a good boy, perfect boy, things like <laughs> that. But you learn what was right and what was wrong and yeah. what's the right way to behave, yeah. Yeah. Um, including the mistakes. <laughs> when, when, you were, when you were building a business, you mentioned about doing the right thing. And, so, and you mentioned about the messenger boy who helped you <laughs> tear down the wall. So did, was he, um, did he stay with you throughout... Yeah, there we did. And one of the things actually I've been delighted with when I uh, stepped down from Seven a couple of years back, I looked to look around the room and how many people have actually been with me in various forms of the business. Mm. And so one of my assistants, uh, Mandy, she'd worked for me for over 35 years. Uh, and there were quite a number of people who'd been there 10, 20 years. The turnover of mm. staff was very, very low indeed. Either meant no one wanted to recruit them, <laughs> uh, or actually they were doing a great job and they, they liked what they were doing. So, yes, it was, a, it was quite interesting. Occasionally you would recruit, recruit the wrong people. Yeah. Um, and quite often they were the sort of old, uh, you know, the old guard of uh, sort of caricature city gits, um, silly gits in red braces. I shouldn't say that, I'm wearing red <laughs> braces, but you know what I mean. Um, and you had to weed them out quite quickly. Yeah. Because you realise that they were focused on like trading commissions and how much money they can make out of yeah. clients as to how much money you could make for clients. Yes. Yeah. Now, that's your job to make, yeah. make them richer. If you make them wealthier, then you can actually benefit too. Yeah. But the fact that you make benefit uh, at, at your client's expense, and you have to look at the scandals we've had over the past few years, as one by a chap called Neil Woodford, um, but there are many other ones as well. But highly respected people, but actually what they were doing was wrong. Yeah. And the abuse was what they were doing with clients' money. Yeah. Uh, rule one investing, don't lose the sodding stuff. Rule exactly. two, it's <laughs> yeah. very simple. Refer to rule one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seems like a fairly full piece of um, full, foolproof advice there. <laughs> um, but you have mentioned that you've been on like BBC Radio 5, and I've seen some clips of you uh, around the internet of you on like GB News and stuff like that. Yes. Um, so what is the favourite broadcast that you've been on? Apart from this one, of course. Oh, perhaps. <laughs> I'm very flattered. Um, yeah, GB News, so long as I don't have to share a programme with Mr Farage, I don't really mind. Yes. <laughs> so far, I've been able to steer well clear. Um, it's interesting, they're different in different ways. Mm. There was a programme on BBC Two, well, it stopped now, about 15 years ago, called Working Lunch, which yep. you can imagine was a lunch yeah. And it was fascinating because the BBC found that, according to their charter, they needed so many hours of... Uh, of finance and they hadn't got, hadn't got enough so they set up a lunchtime program as it was BBC2 no one's going to watch it we can kill it in a, in a year's time but it turned into something which was remarkable it had a uh, much younger group of people doing it um, and they used a lot of cartoons and, um, and uh, a lot of uh, new guests coming through explaining finance to people in an interesting manner and it went from being we can kill it in six months time to oh, God, we're stuck with this thing and we're going to have to make it an hour or <laughs> half an hour. Um, and it, what it did was actually showed very clearly uh, how 
different people you had to communicate with because they had three groups of audience. One was people who were retired at home, yep. uh, at lunch, um, people who were working and at lunch, mm. and student breakfast television because they just got up. Um, and you could <laughs> work those out according to the letters you and, and emails mm. you were getting coming through. Yeah. And, and that was actually fascinating. And you had to change your language according to, to whom you were actually speaking. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting issue. So if you're doing Radio 4 Today program, um, you could use longer words. Radio 5, slightly shorter words. Um, and some of the talk radio stations, just the odd grunt will do. <laughs> that's, that's really interesting, actually. So, so in, in a sense, so when you were talking about um, all the like, different demographics, like the students, the old, um, well, the old age pensioners <laughs> and, um, and the workers, was it interesting to see their different responses to... Yes, because each got different things that worry them. Mm. Um, now, people that are in there and they've, got, they've retired, they've got their pension. Quite often it's too late for them now. Yeah. They've got an amount of money or may not have amount much money. Uh, how are they going to survive? What, they, what else can they do? Uh, and just talking through examples and giving people an idea. So, yes, this is where you can go for advice. These are other areas you can try and earn some more money um, or at least make sure your pension's going to be uh, handled in the right way. People who are in work telling them actually and this is something that well, we need to do and I know it started a bit bitter Branson but is teaching people when you leave school and when you leave university how much money do you need yeah how much yeah. money do you how much money do you need to retire no one tells you no one yeah. tells you and honestly it's that that's actually something I think about like a lot you know I think about when I, about when I'm going to leave Branson I'm like you know what how much money will I need to fund my university yeah. how much money will I need to put aside for food and stuff um, yeah. even for accommodation and then even leaving university it's like all the all the stuff about housing tax yeah. and it, I, I don't know any of it no and it's and, and there's no one you can actually because they can tell you what it was like in their day but the rules will change yeah exactly and yeah. i was lucky because i went to university i managed to have university debt only caused by the fact that i spent too much there was no grant <laughs> there, was, well, there was a grant but there was uh, mm. you didn't have uh, loans now we're in a position where we're sending people away from university with 40 50 60 thousand pounds worth of debt yeah. and it's not even cheap debt it's actually yeah. quite expensive debt. Yeah. Um, and so getting people to start thinking about, right, how do you manage money across the family, across the generations? Yeah. Because that's the way you're going to have to try and manage it in the future. So that, you know, you may not necessarily get on with your grandparents the whole time, but they're quite useful. <laughs> no, but thinking about how money is passed down and what it could yeah. be used for, for people's education and the value of education. So they can afford to send their children to Branston. Um, yeah. As individuals, it's quite difficult. But as a family, so actually, this is a good investment for the yeah. family. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it is, I find, appalling that people can take uh, no, exams in mathematics and things like that, but it doesn't tell you the basis. How do I pay my mortgage off? And yeah. things like that. Uh, you see at the moment, particularly with high inflation, yeah. and you know, inflation running at 10, 15, some are saying 20%, yeah. that's devastating for people on fixed income. Um, yes. So what do they do? Um, and so people are very, very frightened. And this mm. winter is going to be a classic case. We don't know what's going to be happening to the price of fuel we and then yeah. no, heating or eating. Um, and the bit that really does concern me, it's awful for individuals, but also for smaller companies, there is no price cap for them. No. Mm -hmm. And the largest employer in this country are smaller companies. Yeah. And yet they're now finding, hang on, my, my power bill's gone from X thousand a month to double, treble. And it's not a matter of saying, well, we might have to lay somebody off or put up right. No, that's it, we're out of business. Yeah. 
Um, and that's devastating yeah. to the economy. And as we sit here today, we're having a, a financial statement yes. uh, uh, mm. from somebody who's not exactly that experienced in terms of financial yeah. politics. Um, <laughs> at, um, it will be interesting to see what they're going to come out with. Mm. Um, yeah. My fear at the moment, when I've listened to uh, the people who were running for to be head of uh, to be prime minister, their level of knowledge was frankly yeah. pathetic. I mean, yeah, her, Liz's thing about. Um, when like, her policy on the trickle down, of oh, the, yes. of the, you know, cutting taxes for the it's rich, laughable. hoping it trickle down to the poor. We know like, that doesn't work. <laughs> I think yeah. the USA did it, um, mm. didn't they? Like, I yep. can't, not too sure on my dates, but they did it a while ago, and Biden actually said, well, this didn't work. I don't know why yeah. the UK is trying this. Yeah. Yeah. And just so, the idea that, you know, in theory, uh, wealthy people will get a tax break and then they'll then go and spend it. Actually, they don't necessarily go and spend it. They, no. uh, uh, and <laughs> so, yes, they, they will maybe buy some other stuff, um, uh, but it's not, not a, a big enough scale. Yeah. Now, what exactly. you need to have is a simplified tax regime in this country. We are mm. incredibly complicated tax regime. Yeah. Um, there's something called Tolly's Tax Guide, which is uh, keeps accountants uh, excited in the evening for bedtime reading. Um, it used to have about 7,000 pages. Last time I saw it, it had 15,000 pages. Um, and it wow. just shows how complicated this is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what you need to do is make sure it's fair. So those, like Corneal Liners, those with the broadest shoulders take, his, take the greatest pain. Um, and th- that's what you have to try and do. It, we're in a society where we're helping society. That doesn't mean necessarily everybody's equal, everybody's the same, yeah. but you fair a fair level yeah. of tax for what's going on. Um, and uh, unfortunately at the moment, it's just people I think are just trying to play appeal to populist ideas. Yeah. Yeah, Cut tax so. and, you know, we're going to grow the economy. Quite, quite Thatcher, right? Oh, well, it is. Well, this is Thatcher, actually. Um, you know, we look back and people are very... Uh, uh, it divides very... She's a catalyst, lover yeah. or hater. Yeah. She changed things dramatically. She did some so things that were seriously wrong. I won't speak too long on this because my wife will give me a sharp hit. Quite <laughs> this is one of her heroines. Um, but she changed the attitude that actually making money in business was okay. Yes. Because prior to that, we'd had various, um, and as I, as I was growing up, that actually almost um, starting a business and making money was almost a bad thing to do. But actually, wow. no, it's a good thing to do. Go out and do it. Yeah. As long yeah. as you pay your taxes and you play fair with things, and that's right. Um, and so she brought in the ability to change. You can set things up. Because yep. prior to that, you look at most of our families, our parents, or maybe your grandparents, they probably either worked for the state, you know, uh, they worked in the services, um, made work for a large corporation, or they might have been a professional, lawyer, doctor, whatever. Very few of them had their own business. Um, yeah. And it was almost, I had my extremely snobby mother, would, uh, I said, I want to have my own business. She said, oh my God, you want to go into trade? You realize we have a separate door for that. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, whereas now, people are smart to have their own business. Yeah. And a lot of that dates back to what Mrs. Thatcher did to change, change things. As I say, yeah. There were other things as well which weren't, weren't as uh, popular. But that change um, actually meant that the British economy grew much more dramatically over yeah. the years. Yeah. She had to change corners uh, despite what she said in order to adjust for things. Um, but it, it changed Britain, even though some people still have an idea that uh, it, devast- it did devastate certain areas. Yeah. Uh, and she was, I think she fell short of actually, it's all very well cleaning out old industries as long as you're replacing it with new ones. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the good news actually in this country is that we're really good at certain things. Technology we're really good at. Yeah. Yeah. You look at the universities where spin-offs and things like that, like Silicon Roundabout, Silicon Glen, mm. Fen, Silicon Gorge, apparently that's Bristol. Um, and uh, that's the development 
old-fashioned manufacturing, anybody can do that. We don't need to focus on that. Yeah. So when she was actually saying old businesses must go, uh, and she's quite right, but actually didn't replace it with other ones coming in as fast, that's the bit that was missing. Yeah. The bit I fear now is that we might be destroying those new businesses coming yep. through and not giving people the confidence to say, I'm going to set up a business, I'm going to employ, yeah. I'm going to use my capital, risk my capital, which also means my house, um, uh, and setting something up. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a difficult 18 months, two years. But yeah. the global economy is still great. We will go into recession. We might e- actually already be in recession. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's, we're all absolutely doomed. No. Um, <laughs> and put things into context. You know, people are frightened about what's happening in Russia. Mm. Well, bear in mind, the entire value of the Russian economy... Russia's a huge country, is less than half of the British economy. Yeah. So if we get upset by firing a missile, do you know how much that costs? £200,000 just flying off the battle window. Well, Russia's doing that every every minute of the day, yeah. every new Ukraine. They can't afford it. No. Um, and so hopefully, uh, common sense will prevail. The Chinese and the Americans are the ones who are just going to have to try and resolve this and put pressure on yeah. somewhere yeah. or another. I completely agree. And remember, the Chinese and the Americans need each other. They yes, do. They yeah, do. They're in that symbiotic relationship. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so hopefully there's a way out there. Now, one bit of good news is next year, commodity prices are coming down because you can see in the futures markets what ha- what's happening. Yeah. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, so, but I it's feel like we need tunnel. some positivity on the radios yes. at the moment. Yeah. All, yeah. I, all I'm hearing is from, you know, both left-wing and right-wing newspapers is, oh, Truss has said this, Truss has said that. And it none. I yeah. haven't. You know, I look at the news and I'm like, why am I looking at the news? It's mm. all negative. I'm yeah. not seeing. You know, give one, us a bit of hope. One positive thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to hear that there is light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a difference between overplaying it and sort of saying, look, you know, you just go being being uh, unrealistic. Mm. No, but there are positive things to be done. Um, uh, but it, with it, it, don't uh, don't ignore the fact it's going to be painful. Uh, the price yeah. of fuel is expensive. Um, exactly. uh, now action can be done to try and manage that over time um, and also inflation has to come down so we're in a strange yeah. position where you've got a cut an economy which is probably in recession and then you've got inflation coming through you end up terrible word stagflation which is not inflatable dear um, but actually this as we haven't seen this for about 30 years it's a nasty thing to be in mm-hmm. you've got to get the economy going and get getting inflation down so the bank of england raises interest rates to try and tackle inflation yeah but the more you put money up Therefore, the less confidence you've got in actually then starting new businesses because yep. the cost of money's just gone up. Yes. Um, so it's it's the the devil's decision as to how you go. But no, no, it is there. There will be recovery, but it's going to take a yeah. year to eighteen months. Yeah, I think the most important thing at the moment is just that people, you know, try and stick together and stay sensible. Yeah. Um, you know, we, it's fantastic. I'm seeing so much community spirit because, of course, at Bryanston, of course, we had an assembly this morning, mm. upcoming harvest festival, donating food to local food banks and mm. stuff like that. So you know. You know, we've we've got to pay attention to the worst effects in our society because they are going to feel it extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something which I believe that everyone can get through. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it comes back to that line you were saying, it's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. see, you yeah. can't solve everyone's problems. Exactly. Uh, but if <laughs> you're showing everybody. Yeah, if showing you this is this is this is the right way to behave, other mm-hmm. people will copy it. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm gonna hit you with something which is oh, extremely dear. off topic. Yeah. Okay, but I always have to ask this question to any guest who comes on here. Um, purely because it forms such a part of my life. 
What kind of music do you like? <laughs> <laughs> remember, I come from an era which is actually sort of extremely unpopular. The, the, the 70s and the 80s, people would sit there and say, oh, God, that was awful. Um, and uh, so in those days, we said, we have you know, the days of prog rock and things like that. Ah, yes. You know, uh, one was, age, it's awful. When you go and see the, scoop, the picture of all of us pupils there, I was for those a couple of years where we looked dreadful. <laughs> to, no. to look really grotty as possible. Mm. As uh, hair as long you're allowed to wear it um, but of course you didn't get to pin it up you looked even more yeah. than a prat um, <laughs> so that was uh, that was a, sort of the prog rock era of that so you know, that that's my sort of part of history I suppose things like that uh, but equally um, I'm flattered by having a wife who's an uh, expert on ballet um, and so therefore uh, actually listening to the calming effects of uh, ballet music mm. mind you, it's not all that yes. calming sometimes uh, <laughs> uh, is absolutely lovely so I've, we've just been doing up a house together uh, which is really quite old um, and that with sort of mellow music coming through it yeah absolutely That's fantastic lovely. and it really is particularly if you live yeah. in London mm. and you just go going through that door and you're going back almost a couple of hundred years and you've got almost the music to match mm. it yeah, so, yeah. So that is actually you know, some of the Purcell um, it's like a bit of a uh, contrast oh, from the it. busy streets mm. of London yeah. Going to the mellow music, <laughs> ballet. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, so, I mean, uh, Madam makes me go to the ballet on a regular basis, so it's just educating a, a complete <laughs> barbarian, frankly. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, also, I I have to ask the red braces. Sig- signature. How did how did that come about? Well, first of all, you have to keep your trousers up, otherwise you get arrested. <laughs> um, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, uh, my father had several pairs of it, and it was. Uh, and I sort of uh, ended up with having some of those. Um, and it just, it's, once you started uh, with it, it, it actually did sort of, and you probably shouldn't admit it, but it did become a sort of a brand. Mm. Um, and so uh, I just sat down with my, my uh, partners in the business. I said, look, is this detracting from what we're doing or should we carry on doing that? He said, oh, for God's sake, no, keep them on. You know, <laughs> if you start becoming naff, we'll tell you. <laughs> um, wow. So you just stayed with it because at the time you had things like, you know, um, uh, Wall Street, the film, you know, mm. uh, and uh, the, the bad behavior of Wall Street um, and the characters in big red braces showing off and this, that, the other. So luckily that's passed, so people tend to have forgotten that bit. And so I'm now sort of probably old enough where people sort of don't quite associate me with that. But um, because I've stayed with wearing the braces, it's mm. they can't remember what you called, can't remember what you said. But it's, there's that getting red braces. Don't yeah. <laughs> so as we head towards the um, end of this interview, as we have lessons to go off to, um, what's, what's uh, in for the rest of your day here? Ah, well, that's, uh, this is uh, being carefully organised day, um, and uh, I'll be going around giving a talk to the, the economics class. I understand, um, and they can throw questions at me, and I shall look rather stupid, probably trying to answer. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, so that, and I hope also just spend some time actually just, just taking in yeah. uh, the places, all oh, the ones that, uh, but I would know, which I'm pleased to say, have now been destroyed because, frankly, our, when we had our uh, our studies in the in the attics. Um, and before they were converted to study bedrooms. Uh, and we used to actually, you'd take over an area of the attic and you'd remake it every single year. Um, wow. And the art we did in it on the, on the walls and things was just fantastic. Um, and oh, we had, I wish they take photos of that. Uh, well, we had one bit which was up on uh, top of, uh, it was called uh, Music 8 was my, my study, and we had a, a big metal sheet of metal up there. Um, and I painted a sort of Dorset cow machine on it and then uh, magnetic cows and sheep <laughs> um, and so according to what, how we felt you moved the cows and sheep around all over the place and uh, <laughs> it, just, it lasted a year and then got taken away <laughs> <laughs> well as I have to say it's a 
thank you so much for joining us no, here today. I, I really hope that you've enjoyed your, your time on here. No. You never know, we might just have to invite you back one day. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a real pleasure, and well done. I think it's a great thank thing you. to do. And thank look forward you. to hearing more. All cool. Right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA.